Happy Mother's Day for the mothers out there. And for everyone out there, make sure you say Happy Mother's Day if your mother's still alive. Make sure you call her or whatever you need to do. And make sure you honor her because it's truly a privilege to be born in the world. It is. If, if you're not born, you can't be born again. So, wow. praise God. The title of the message today is reaching out to the children of mothers. Now, I know it's Mother's Day, but we entitled the message, Reaching Out to the Children of Mothers. See, I believe that if you bless a mother's children, you bless her. I believe that um, in, in, in the majority of the cases, a mother's children are very close to their heart. I mean, they will fight for those children. They will die for those children. They are really special. And sometimes we have to uh, help the mothers to keep a proper perspective and that the children are number actually three uh, to God, to the husband. But mothers, my goodness gracious, they love their children. Can all them mothers say amen to that? Yeah, they really do. We are blessed in this nation also because our children, regardless of whether they are exactly the way we want them to be or not, they are blessed in this nation. It's, it's a really blessed place to be in, a, in America. It really is. The United States is really blessed. We are blessed. Um, you know, I've traveled just a little bit uh, out of the, the, the country, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Really, I really wouldn't, because we have so many privileges here in the United States. I really do. And so, I believe that as we look at the message today, you'll agree with me that we need to really concentrate on blessing mothers today. And there are many ways to do that, but we're going to concentrate on her children. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. We want to start there. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Now, I wonder why I didn't just, you know, flip that around. I wonder why not say a wise son, you know, uh, really is grief to a father. It makes his mother glad. You know, uh, mothers, they, they, they are very emotional about their children. And when their children are not wise, then it's really grief to them. And whereas we, we as men, sometimes we, we well, you know... Uh, they made the bed, so let them sleep in it, you know? We make some, some statement, you know? But a mother is staying up night, light, night, night, late at night crying, you know? Shedding tears over a, a child that might not be uh, with the Lord or might be uh, doing things that is very hurtful. And I've even seen uh, really aunts uh, 
really crying over the sister's kid, you know, her sister's children. It's grief to a mother. We want to bless mothers, don't we? We want to bless mothers. We don't want mothers grieving over their children, do we? We want wise sons and daughters, don't we? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20. Today is a short message. I hope you don't mind. Do you believe, do you believe me? <laughs> so it's never been short. <laughs> a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. It's interesting, you know. A foolish man despises his mother. What man would despise the person who birthed them in the world? Cut them for, you know, anywhere from eight, nine months. You know, why would they despise their mother? Yeah. We want to bless mothers, don't we? Then we need to have, make sure we don't have foolish children. Is that correct? Is that correct? Right. Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. We don't want to scorn mothers, do we? And see, this message is not only for you, it's for those who will hear this message uh, on the website, downloading it down, because we have people who do that. Uh, that's not in this church, they, they'll listen to messages. Um, and I, I believe that this message is for us today because we know that as the last days come, which they are here and they've been here since the Bible was written, basically, the New Testament, you know, they, they tell you that, you know, love's going to wax kind of cold, <laughs> that uh, there'll be children, father, I guess, the sons against fathers and the daughters against mothers, and, and it's going to be all sorts of things going on as we get closer to the end. But I say in the church, it's not going to be that way. In the church, we're supposed to have wise children, and our children should remain where they are honoring their mother, because mothers are very important. Not just on this day, on Mother's Day, but they are very important. Now, a mother can bring blessings to herself, in this area by teaching by words and through demonstrations that the life of Jesus, the life that Jesus expects us to live, she needs to teach it to her children and the promises that Jesus made, then she needs to teach those to the children also. You know that you can, you can bring blessings upon yourself, uh, all mothers here, by just teaching your children teaching your children. You start teaching your children in the womb. When, when, they, when they're not yet birthed into this world, as far as the physical world, you can start singing to them. You start reading the word to them. It is very important that you bring up children, children into the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't ever stop. I don't care how old that child is. It never stops. A mother loves her daughter, her son, 
I don't care if the, if the mother is 70 and the children are 50. It really doesn't matter. It's still my little boy or my little girl. It really is. Even though we're grown, you're still my child. Is that, right? is that correct, mothers? Or do you give up on them once they leave the house? Right. No, we have mothers that will travel from North Carolina to see their, their daughter. Don't we? You know? Yeah. Because they love the daughter. Mothers love their children. They really do. On this Mother's Day, we want to honor mothers by honoring her children and try to help the children to see that. Let's look at Proverbs 31. This is an interesting proverb that uh, most people, when they read Proverbs 31, they usually are reading it according to the virtuous woman. Is that correct? You know, people memorize that. They quote that. They want to be like the virtuous woman. But see, in Proverbs 31, verse 1, on down through, through 9, verse 9, they're really not talking about how to be an excellent wife. It's talking about what does an excellent wife do, a mother do, to their son or daughter. That's what it's telling us. Let's read it. Now, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. That's very important, isn't it? Lemuel, he was a king, and he was taught by his mother at an early age. Oh, what, my son? And what, O son of my womb? And what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women or your ways to the which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him who, whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of, afflicted, of the afflicted and needy. That's a good advice, isn't it? It's the word of God. He's telling them, because uh, Proverbs tells about um, what can happen to men who are not uh, very careful with uh, their activities. This was very important when I read this because it tells me that this mother was teaching this son to be wise at a young age. Evidently, she knew he was going to be a king, so he must have been uh, in the royal fam family or something, but she was teaching him. She was teaching him. Look, son, this is what you do. Son, this is not what you do. When you start teaching your children... And you are following, and you have to follow the word of God yourself now. You just can't teach the word of God and say, do as I say, not as I do. You're going to have to do the word of God yourself. Because I believe that teaching is cult just as much as it is taught. People watch y'all 
our words, our actions. They watch our, our body language. They, they watch, you know, all type of mannerisms. They watch those things. And so you can bless yourselves, mothers, and those who will be mothers as time go on. You can bless your children by teaching your children to be wise. You never have grief. You have joy because you have wise children. Now, I want to go to another verse because this is very interesting. It, the whole, whole, whole message came to me as I was reading in Hebrews. We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. But I was, I was reading Hebrews, and all of a sudden, it, you know, it's like the Spirit of God just showed me how important it is for a mother. Mothers are very important. And you say, well, fathers are important too. Well, this is not Father's Day, you know. This is Mother's Day, okay. So mothers are very important, okay. And as you, as you read here, it was not the father who was teaching Lemia. It was the mother who was teaching Lemia. In Exodus 1.22, uh, it says that, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born... You are to cast in the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. Now that's that's a hard word to to, to mothers. Is that, is that correct? That you're gonna have to you gonna have to kill your your child. That's a hard word from Pharaoh. So let's let's look at chapter two, starting in verse one. And I'm sure you know the backdrop because we're talking about Moses. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And that was not the, the command of Pharaoh. The command of Pharaoh was to do what? Okay, to, to uh, cast him into the Nile, meaning that kill the, kill the boy, because you know, you know he couldn't swim. So just cast him out onto the Nile. He's going to automatically die. Yeah. But she didn't do that. She hid him in a basket. His sister, verse 4, stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. And of course, you know, the mother say, now, now you, you go check it out and see, see what's going to become of it. Now, now I believe that, that she's believing in God, trusting in God, that this is a special son here. I'm not going to kill this boy. You know, I don't care if it's my life at stake. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to put him in a basket and I'm going to let him float. And, and God's going to take care of him. So the sister was standing watching. Then the daughter, verse 5, of Pharaoh came down to, the, to bathe at the Nile. And her maidens were walking along the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds, and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. So, okay, now, now here comes God in, in, intervening here. Now, the sister comes up. To Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go 
call a nurse for you? Now, how, how does she even want to just approach the daughter of Pharaoh? She's a Hebrew child. I mean, going to approach the, the daughter of Pharaoh and say, do you want me to find somebody to nurse them? Is she calling those things to be not as though they were? Is she, is she really believing that God is in this thing? Is she believing that, that Pharaoh's daughter really is going to take this Hebrew child in when Pharaoh's already given the word to kill all the boys? These are questions. Pharaoh's daughter said in verse 8 to her, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. That's set up by God, isn't it? That's set up by God. Instead of having her son killed, she's going to nurse her son. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. Now, that's, that's an interesting story for me. Very interesting. If you turn over to Hebrews, I, I can sh explain to you what, what I'm talking about. Because it, the mothers are very important. Oh, my mothers are very important. Very important. What a mother says to the child, you know, oh, it's very important. Very important. It can, it can bring happiness. It can bring joy. You know. How long does she keep Moses, the mother? And she, she, after, after he was having it, she put him in the, uh, in, in the basket. She, he was what? Three months. Then she took him away, nursed him. Then she brought him back. Now, you know the boy was not 15 and 16, right? Right? Okay, so uh, as, she got, as she winged the boy, she probably brought him back. And now Pharaoh's daughter, daughter had him. So we're talking about not a long time. How much time do you need to get the word of God in? To your children. How much time do you really need, mothers? Yeah. How much time do you need to tell your children of the goodness of God? How much time do you need to tell your children how you know, they're made in the image of God? And that God has a, has a plan for their life, a plan to bless them, a plan of good, to prosper them, to give them you know, uh, all good things that, that he has prepared for them. How long does it take you to tell them that? It didn't take her that long. It didn't take her that long. And you know the boy didn't understand Hebrew probably uh, for a while. But his heart understood. You understand? His heart, the word was getting in still. The word was getting in. And of course we know that, that there were some divine things going on. Providence going on. We know that, right? Because he was Moses, okay? God had a plan for his life. But how many people do not fulfill the purpose of God, even though God has a plan for them. Absolutely a lot, right? A lot of people. But that mother was very important. Let's look at verse chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Now this is a, the, the backdrop here is talking about, uh, you know, so much about how God is so good, you know, and that, that 
He, didn't, he, he doesn't want us to shrink back. He doesn't want us to uh, uh, not to, um, to, to he doesn't want us to fall away from him. He doesn't want us to be uh, lukewarm towards him. He wants us to be on fire for him. And so, therefore, we should walk by faith, of course. It's going to take faith to do that. And so, chapter 11 is talking about faith. And it tells about the faith of all these people. So then, when it gets to verse 24, that's where I want to pick it up at. By faith, Moses... When he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Wow. How long was he with? How long was he with Pharaoh's daughter? Much, much, much. It says, it says now, when he had grown up. Now, you know he was with Pharaoh's daughter much longer than he was with his mother. In those times of, of uh, uh, before she put him in the, in the basket, put a uh, pitch on it, before uh, she weaned him, she wasn't with him that long. Verse 25, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering, verse 26, the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. Where did he learn about this? Did he learn from, from Pharaoh's daughter? Did he learn about all the rich rewards that God has for him? Like, you know, the God, for his people? Did he learn that from Pharaoh's daughter? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Did he learn about, these are your people, Moses, over, over here. I guarantee you she's not trying to identify her son, who she's brought up, with some slaves. She's not going to do that. Yeah, she's not going to do that. She's going to try to keep him away from those slaves because he was a king's daughter's child. So he's royalty. Where did Moses learn this, these things then? I mean, have y'all read it? Did y'all I mean, read this? Have y'all read I mean, did, did, did it stand out to you like it stand out to me? I'm going to say, whoa, what, a, what, a, what an awesomeness, awesomeness is a mother's teaching to the children. How awesome. She can bring just blessings upon herself. Blessings. How do you think Moses' mother felt when here's her son fulfilling the call of God on his life. Oh, man. Now, we know that he was about what age when, when all this happened, as far as he had to run from Pharaoh and all those kind of things. He was about how, how old? Forty. Okay? Forty. Do you believe that your children can forget what you teach them? At an early age, I don't care if you teach them one year, two years. I don't care how long. Do you think they can forget that? If you teach them with the faith of God, if you teach them with the power of God, if you teach them with the anointing of God, if, you, if you're demonstrating, now demonstrating is very important now. I guarantee you Moses' mother was not, you know, just uh, doing one thing and then teaching another thing. No. She's living it out. 
So you're going to have to teach in word and deed what God has done for his people. We are God's people, are we not? We are God's people. God has blessings for us. Blessings, many blessings. And I'm excited about all the things he has in store for us. You know? And before I give uh, another message, you know, I'll stop there. Because, I mean, it's so awesome. It's awesome. I'm working on a message, the first message that we're going to give when we're in the, in the new building. Uh, do you want to hear it? No, you don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, now, let's see law here just a little bit. And let's think about it now. Let's think about it. You have the awesome responsibility as a mother to bring blessings upon yourself by teaching your children. Your children will honor you. They will rise up and honor you. They will, when they lie down, they, 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 they're never going to do what the world's going to do and despise their mother and all those type, type of things. They're not going to be uh, foolish children. They're not going to be wicked children. They're going to be godly children. That's what they're going to be. All we have to do is teach. Teach mothers. Teach. Teach mothers by word and by what? Example, action. Demonstrate the word. Walk it out in front of them. Okay? They'll never forget it. Never forget it. And here's this, here's this Moses saying that I don't want to be a part of Pharaoh's court. I don't want to be, you know, a king's kid. I, I don't want to be that way. I know the king will be my grandfather. I don't want to be, have that. I want to suffer with, the, with my people. My goodness gracious, that's some powerful teaching that, that uh, this woman did in such a short period of time. Powerful teaching. Let's also, as a congregation and as mothers, reach out to those mothers who are not as blessed as we are. Because we are blessed in the United States. We are blessed. You know? I know, I, know, I know that, you know, you'd like to see some additional things, you know, happen in your children's life. But, of course, God wants to see some additional things happen in our lives. Is that right? Yes. But there are mothers who are suffering. They don't even know God. They don't worship God in some foreign countries, most foreign countries. They don't worship God. They worship many other things like they did in Egypt. And they don't have a clue. We have, we have mother's children who are really in bondage. In bondage. And they are subject to the tax of the devil. We want to reach out to them. I believe that if we reach out to others, I believe that God reaches out to us. I believe that whatever you sow, that you shall reap. I believe that, you know, blessed is the merciful, they shall receive mercy. I believe what the word of God says. I want to give us an opportunity to do just that. To reach out to children who have been abandoned by their mothers, who don't have an opportunity to honor their mothers and we can do it in a special way. I want to show you just a, a three minute clip and then we'll go from there.
trip to Southeast Asia, the Life Mission Team met a young girl whose history is all too common in the world of human trafficking. Shre Ni grew up in a poor village and was suddenly orphaned at eight years old. She lived on the streets, picked through garbage, and eventually worked as a household servant. One day, an older woman persuaded her to go to the city with her for a better job. As in most cases, this offer was a lie, and Sreni was sold to a brothel when she was a young girl, and thus began the lifestyle of pain and abuse that has left Sreni broken and desperate. I'm sitting here with a very brave young girl, Sreni. I have to realize that she represents the two million children that are at risk. If we do not rescue the children, they're gonna end up right where she's at, trapped in the chains of human trafficking. After sharing her story with the team, Shreeni said she had a question for Lisa. All right, so the question that she asked was before I had a family, and before I got married, if I ever went through anything like she's been through. Okay, so you know why she's asking me that? She's saying, I wanna know that you know how I feel at some level. I know you're not where I'm at, but I wanna know that you're not judging me and you understand my pain. And what she's saying is, I wanna know I'm not alone. I wanna know there's somebody out there understands me, will not judge me, and can be touched with what I have gone through. And um, what to know will you tell her that not the same struggles, but that I was a very broken sexual woman and that I made a lot of bad choices, but that Jesus Christ came into my life every broken place in my life and he gave me a new beginning can you tell her that this young girl has a dream god has a future for her and we are so excited that you want to be part of this establishing this and rescuing life I really didn't know the extent of the human trafficking in, in, in the world, but uh, these are these are girls, and some, of course, uh, don't have parents. Some they have parents that that, that sold them because uh, they needed money. And in order to get money to buy food and things, they, they had to sell what they had. And the only thing that some of these people want is the children, the, the young girls, uh, so they can uh, put them in sexual bondage for the rest of their lives. You know? uh, let me read you one about uh, this particular one. While in Mumbai, India, I met a far too young mother begging for us to take her eight-year-old daughter. The mother was trapped in a brothel after 
being trafficked from her village in her early, early teens. She gave birth to her daughter at 14 and had been enslaved for nearly a decade. Now she'd abandoned, now she'd abandoned all hope for her rescue and yet cherished one for her daughter. And she told the, uh, the team, um, this is by Lisa Bevere, please, please take her. Take her before they take her. Now, can you imagine, you know, uh, 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 we, have, we have 13, 14 year olds in our congregation, and she was saying that uh, she walked the red light districts of Thailand, India, and more recently, Cambodia, and you are never fully prepared to hear the incredible sad stories of women who've been trafficked at 12, 13, 14 years of age. Their only mistake was that of daring to hope for something more. They were lured away from their homes with promises of jobs and education, and they were laid off, lied to, and sold, often by the very ones that should have been protecting them. It's a girl named Juanita who, um, her father lost her job, lost his job, and it was the only means of support. So uh, she was afraid they were going to go homeless, so she quit school at 16, went to uh, get a job, and she liked to sing, so she sang in a nightclub, well, in a bar. So what, what happened was that she didn't know the owner of the bar, you know, he was one of those uh, people who would try to enslave people in sex. So what he did was told her, look, if you want your job, you're going to have to show favors to one of our clients. And um, she said it was, it was, it was a, the most miserable feeling that she's ever had. And she, she didn't want to quit the job. She didn't want to go home because she knew that um, they wouldn't have anywhere to live and, and their parents was depending upon her because it was the only income she had. And it's sad. And she had to do it over and over again. And, and one, one girl, she was um, lured away to, for a job, and she was cooking rice. And they uh, told her that, uh, look, you know, uh, you know, I want you to go back in this room. So they put her in the room, locked the door, threw clothes in there. And they were not the clothes that a 12-year-old wears, you know. Uh, and... Uh, about between then and that night, before the night was over, about six men had raped her. You know? Now this is, this is stuff that, that is happening throughout the world. So what I want to do, that I believe that God would have us to do anyway, is to reach out beyond ourselves. Because today is Mother's Day. But as I said, we are blessed in this country. We really are. No matter what you think your children uh, are not, they are much better than the children in, in these third world countries. Yeah. And they, they, all these children, all these young girls, they have a mother, or had a mother. You know. And what greater Mother's Day celebration can we give than looking beyond ourselves? Because all of us going to celebrate Mother's Day. All of us going to, we're going to, uh, go out to eat, or, or we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna honor our mothers. We're all gonna do that. But there, 
it can't, it's not going to be done. It's no honor. It's nothing. You know? Some of them haven't even been home since they were, you know, 10 years old. So they don't know anything. They're in their 20s now, 30s. Yeah. So we're going to receive an offering. Uh, when I say receive it, we'll have the plates like we usually do in the back. And if the ushers will get those, uh, we'd appreciate it. And whatever you want to give, you can give. Uh, but as a, as, a, as a church, what I wanted to do is that we have great needs. Needs ourselves in our church. We have great needs in our families. I don't believe it's... No one can probably raise a hand and say, you know, if God stopped blessing me now, he might as well stop because I have so much. I don't, I have, I have so much that he, if he, I don't want him to do a thing else for me, nothing. I don't need anything, you know, for the rest of my life. I don't think anybody could say that because anything we have is his anyway, and he's going to ask us to give it anyway to those who are less fortunate than us. So we can never have too much because you should always be giving it away, you know. So uh, I want to do that as a church. And they said it costs about $128 to um, reach a, a, a one of these girls to uh, rescue them and to uh, really re restore them because they give them jobs in a safe place uh, and they look after them. And so I thank God that I, I probably never see and you'll never see one of these girls. But I guarantee that God sees them. And I guarantee you when, when you get to heaven you would you, you're going to be welcomed for what you did, you've done for somebody who couldn't do for themselves. And it's not because we know them, because we don't know anybody. All we know that we, we just give, and we'll see what, what God does with it. And he tells me and tells you in his word that um, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He tells that anyone who gives to the poor, he lends to the Lord, and he'll, he'll, he'll return it to them. Yeah. So there's so many scriptures on what God has promised. So therefore, uh, I wanted to close We've just given you an opportunity as, as families, as families. If you have a need in your family, you know, just sow a seed and, uh, for, for somebody else. You, know? you have a mother that you're honoring, uh, if they are still living, uh, you know, still sow a seed for somebody. Because really, $5 goes a long ways. $1 goes a long ways. Anything you give is not too little. It's not too little. Because I want to honor mothers. But I also want to reach out beyond the, the, the multitude of things we have in here because we can go to a you know, restaurant and have, a, I mean, you go to Cold Corral, they got so much food, you know, uh, there. You can go, real lots, you go anywhere you want to. But, but the thing is that we have so many blessings in, in here in the United States, whereas they don't have there. So not only do I want you to honor your mother and honor, you know, your wife, uh, men, if you, if you have children, honor your wife, you're supposed to honor her anyway, but honor if they have children, particularly on this Mother's Day. And children, make sure you honor, teenage honor your mothers, but also let's reach out as a congregation and honor somebody's mother who they can't honor. They can't do a thing. The mothers can't even, can't, 
can't see their children. Don't even know where they are. You know? We want to do that. Let's stand. If you write a check, just write it out to uh, Rescue Life. Rescue Life at the bottom of your check. Uh, don't write out to don't write out to that for that down to say for Rescue Life, but it's two cornerstone because we're gonna give as a as a church. Okay, we'll give as a church, so everything should come to the church because we will give as one to the church. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate. Another Mother's Day, Lord. It's truly an honor to be birthed, Lord. Father. We, we thank you. It's an honor, Father, that our, our mothers took care of us and brought us up. Even though we wish sometimes we had been brought up a little bit different or whatever the situation may be, we are blessed in this country. We are blessed. And we said thank you, Lord, for birthing us in the United States of America. We said thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, well, Father, we ask you to bless these uh, mothers who have children who are in, entrapped and enslaved in, this, in the sex trade, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless the, those, those children, Lord, those teenagers. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Abundant above all that we could ask to think according to the power that works in us, Lord. Reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. Reach them. And we'll be forever grateful, Father, for the opportunity to partner with you in helping somebody else. If there's anybody here that uh, you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Every day is the day of salvation. We have a prayer team, and the prayer team will come up. Um, They'll pray with you about anything that you uh, need prayer for. They'll stand with you. Um, they'll pray for your loved ones. They'll pray for health. They'll pray for anything. They, uh, we have two people who will be up on the stage for any prophetic words. That, uh, that if you want a prophetic word, they'll pray and see whether uh, they sense anything from God. We want to meet your needs. just like to encourage you to come for prayer today. Also, I want to dismiss everyone with a blessing. Lord, Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace today. So go in the peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a great day.